And we're going to get into it with our next guest who's written an article talking about better zoning being the tool Edmonton needs to grow the right way. Okay, now bear with me here because even he acknowledges in this article that zoning might not be the sexiest conversation to have, but it is really important. So there are some changes coming to our city. We're going to outline exactly what that looks like with columnist for the Edmonton Journal, Keith Jarine. Keith, thanks so much for making the time. Always good to talk to you. Yeah, good to be with you to uh, discuss a topic that isn't, uh, it's never going to compete with Titanic tourism or Taylor Swift, but uh, it is really important for our city. And you acknowledge that in your article. That's one thing I really appreciate about your writing, Keith, is that you just, you you kind of lay it all out there. You really write the way that someone would speak. And you're really honest about the fact that zoning isn't really a, a conversation that comes up a lot with a whole lot of excitement, but it is something really important to our city. And there are some changes coming. So let's just clarify what exactly is zoning when we're talking about it. Yeah, it's basically just the city's tool, basic legal tool, planning tool to determine uh, where things are built and what things are built so that there is some sort of logic and structure and uh, aesthetic uh, appeal to it all. Um, And this is why we don't have, say, you know, graveyards and industrial parks and, uh, you know, daycares in the middle of uh, parking lots and so on. So there is actually some some structure and logic to, to how the city develops. So there are some proposed changes, Keith, but people don't necessarily know what's happening and you talk a little bit about that in your article why is that yeah i mean for a while now the city has been talking about that we really need to kind of develop differently the the way that we have been doing it is to just keep building out for the most part increasing the boundaries of edmonton and, and putting in more and more new subdivisions and new suburbs and there's an it's unsustainable to keep doing that. And I think the best example I can come up with is that there was a council meeting just this week on winter road maintenance, snow clearing. And what council was shown is that the times that the city takes to clear the roads are already kind of dismal and they're going to get worse in the years ahead without a big budget increase because we just keep building new roads. There's new roads to plow all the time and it it costs more, it adds taxes, it puts more cars on the road which increases emissions and so the city has finally come up and said look we need to do something to have development patterns change a little bit so we get more dense and a little more efficient. Is this the first time that we've done this in a long time, these these new zoning changes or changes to our zoning system? Yeah, I mean, the, the main zoning system we have in place right now actually dates to the 1960s. There's been some updates since then, uh, sort of around from 2012 to 2016. There was uh, some new additions put into it to encourage more infill. But the guts of it, the guts of the zoning system actually date back about 60 years. So, yeah, it's been a long time since we've done this. So what is it essentially going to look like now then? What are the efficiencies that we can kind of create to make this look a little bit more more attractive or relevant to a city in 2023 and moving forward? Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of changes to this, and I would encourage people to kind of do the research for themselves. We don't have the the time here, and I certainly don't have the column inches to go through everything. But I mean, the the main thing that I think people are going to wonder about is, you know, what's going to go in next to me, next to my house, next to my apartment? And so some of the changes there are is the city's going to allow more density, right? Some neighborhoods already allow for multi-unit housing, but now more neighborhoods, more places mid-block will allow for more multi-unit housing. So you might see some row housing, you might see some small apartments. Uh, the height will 
go up a little bit more, so up to three stories or, or ten and a half meters, right? Those are those are the kind of the, the main changes. Now these things aren't going to happen overnight, right? This, the changes happen. It doesn't mean that developers are going to suddenly set upon neighborhoods and you're going to you're going to see you know an apartment building next to you, right? These things happen over time. This kind of sets the table for the changes in the density that that people want to see uh, down the road. But those are the kinds of things that you could expect to happen if, if your neighbor sells their house theoretically you could see a, a small apartment of three stories go up uh, next to you so I, you know i think in some instances people will likely take issue with that change is something that can be really hard to uh, to manage and and to deal with but it seems like what you're describing is something that takes place in major urban centers. This reminds me of something you would see in a Vancouver or a Toronto or even a Calgary to to a certain extent. So is this something that we're just overdue to do as a big city? Yeah, it, it, we're growing up, right? We're, we're over a million people now. And uh, somebody shared an interesting statistic with me the other day. Our city, in terms of its area, the actual square footage of Edmonton, is basically the same as Toronto. And Toronto has three times the population. Wow. Uh, yeah, so that sort of tells you how much we've sprawled out. Now, we don't necessarily want to be Toronto, and I, I don't think we're going to get there anytime soon. But having more density is just kind of a reality, and, and it allows for things like building better mass transit and certain cultural facilities and so on uh, that get used more often. And so, yes, yeah, cities cities go through changes. Neighborhoods change. Uh, we, we do see um, bigger structures coming up. And I, I know this is a bit scary for people who like their single-family home and their yards and, and, and the kind of the pace of life that we have in these, in these communities. But change is inevitable and so this is the city's way to try to manage that in a sustainable way so keith is this is this set in stone these changes moving forward if someone's listening right now taking issue with this what can they do if anything well it's not set in stone and uh city council isn't going to have a vote on this until october and so there is still time to uh go to the city and, and go to your counselor and say i don't like this change or that change and you know uh, council seems somewhat open to uh some of the provisions of this of this new zoning bylaw and the law is never set in stone the city is said for whether you believe them or not but i tend to is that you know this is this is a fluid document so once the changes are in if if council approves it in october um they're going to be updating it uh, and it may may be updates that come every every couple of years they may find things that don't work and so yeah uh, a lot of this is how this actually plays out in terms of development and and buying patterns and consumer uh, consumer demands we don't know yet uh and so yeah there is there is changes that could still happen before October and then well after that as well. I think it's a tricky one to get exactly right, but you know, even the term urban sprawl is something that is so unattractive to me and a direction that I don't think our city needs to continue to go towards. This feels like a real move forward. Do you have faith that we're going to be able to accomplish what it is that we're setting out to with the with the appetite that exists here already in this city? It's a great question, and, and as I said, I think market demand is going to drive a lot of this. So, th- as I said, the city will set the table with this that will, to try to improve density and to try to improve housing choice in older areas of the city. But 
we don't know whether consumers are going to are going to like that. We don't know how affordable that's going to be. Um, and I think affordability is a big part of this that we still don't know. Mm. All right. Uh, so up zoning, right, uh, allowing more development potential on land could potentially increase the price of that land and therefore make it, uh, the, you know, the, the sale price of those homes uh, not what we need to see. At the same time, if we up zone all the land at the same time, uh, maybe that mitigates some of the costs and we can actually see affordable homes that people want to buy. Mm-hmm. So, so I think there's a lot of unknowns with this, but from what we hear from the experience of other cities, this is the way they've gone and they have seen some positive change to reduce sprawl. Yeah, and I think that I think we do need to address that. I can see both sides of the argument, you know, right now forming as we speak, because I, I think people take issue some of the time with with infills. I'm thinking skinny homes, you know, where one home is torn down and two are built in its place. You have less space. We're really protective and territorial over our massive amounts of space here in Edmonton and and to a larger extent in Canada. You know, people are going to say this is the city trying to take advantage of more property taxes. So can you can you speak to that argument that you know we're going to see? Yeah, I mean, for sure, the city is going to realize a value from this. If they can plunk more homes in the inner city, uh, those those homes are, are going to generate taxes. Uh, but the city then uses that to put back into the city better transit, better parks, better uh, road maintenance, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. Um, so there is a financial aspect to this, um, but really, it is about. Um, trying to kind of create uh, a more climate sustainable city so we don't have as many cars on the road we need homes for the city that's growing to you know one and a half million probably in the next 15 years or so um, you know we can't keep pushing out towards the duke and, mm-hmm. and and stony plain that doesn't make much sense so um where where are we going to put them right and so we have to get more innovative about about how we do this so it's yeah, there's a financial aspect to this, but that's not really what the city is is trying to accomplish here. Yeah, and I think moving forward has to be all-encompassing when you're talking about things like really reliable public transit and an LRT that can really go hand-in-hand with this idea of more density. So there are a few pieces that I see really having to come together for this to be effective, but I have faith that Edmonton can do this. One last question from me, Keith. I know we said zoning wasn't going to be that exciting, but I do have lots of questions on this, it turns out. Does, does more density mean more affordability? This is this is the big enigma for me. Uh, the biggest part of this is we just don't know. And uh, there are experts, uh, really credible experts, who have studied this, who have different views on on whether this, how this will play out. So, my belief is that it, it probably will lead to more affordability, uh, but it's going to take some time, and it is going to require some adjustments in the market. So, right now, developers tell us that most people still want that single detached home with a private yard and that is still what people are are looking for but at a certain point if we stop sprawling those kinds of properties are going to be harder to find and they're going to get expensive and so people are going to have to look for alternatives and this is this is how cities develop and so you start out maybe with a small apartment or a duplex or a row house or something like that and that is the way for people to get into the market in the future and let's not forget some people will also prefer to live in the inner city uh, in a smaller place um, and it's going to be more affordable for them because they're not going to have to have a car they can use transit or their bike to get around as well so that's part of the affordability question as well 
Keith, a lot more to talk about when it comes to zoning than uh, than I certainly realize. Thank you for writing this piece and uh, for providing us all of this insight. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem, Chelsea. Take care. Yeah, you too. That's Keith Durine, a columnist for the Edmonton Journal, talking about some proposed changes to uh, Edmonton's zoning bylaws and the way that we need to grow and grow forward.